We serve a great God who is able to do great things. And one of the things He is able to do is to change lives, to transform us. And we find a very wonderful example of that in Second Chronicles chapter 34 that describes a, a young man by the name of Josiah, King Josiah. And we're going to read just a few verses of that uh, text as we begin. Second Chronicles 34, and we begin with verse 1. Josiah was eight years old when he became king. Isn't that amazing? And he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David and did not turn aside to the right or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, he began to seek the God of his father David. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for who you are and how you are able to transform us, Lord, to change us through and through. Your word says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts this morning as we open your word. Lord, we know that it is the power of God unto salvation, this word. And this word changes us, makes us more like Jesus as we spend time allowing that word to transform our lives. So teach us, Lord, we pray. Guide us into your truth. We believe, Lord, your word is everlasting truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If someone who knows you very well were to write a biography of your life, what would the title be? In one sentence, how would your biographer summarize your life? Ever thought about that? What would someone say about me? What would someone write about my life? They wrote a biography about me. If someone wrote a biography about the life of King Josiah, I think a fitting title would be this, None Like Josiah. And if you want to know how his life would be summarized in one sentence, we find it in Scripture. 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 25, describes in one sentence the life of Josiah. Here's what it says. Before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his mind, according to all the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. Think of that. None like Josiah before him, none like him after him. Truly, there was none like Josiah. Josiah's commitment to the Lord began when he was young. Our text tells us in verse 1 that he became the king of Judah when he was eight years old. And I was thinking about that this week because I had an eight-year-old grandson, one of uh, several over uh, for a few days. And I was picturing what it would be like if my eight-year-old grandson became the president of the United States. Wow, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? 
Well, here's King Josiah at the age of eight, he becomes king. And then our text tells us that when he was 16 years old, eight years into his reign, it says that he began to seek the Lord. Verse 3, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, he began to seek the God of his father, David. So here was a young man, a teenager, that made a commitment to the Lord. And as a result, God began to transform this man's life. And God used this young man in a wonderful way, gave him a 31-year reign as king. And when you read through this chapter, you see what a, a marvelous king he was. And how he took seriously his commitment to the Lord. So how did God transform him? How does God uh, change the lives of, of people today? I believe there's three lessons we can learn about the life of Josiah, that God transforms those who, first of all, rediscover his word. Those who rediscover his word. When Josiah became king of Judah, the nation had experienced 50 years plus of great spiritual decline. And this comes as no surprise because Josiah's father, as well as his grandfather, who were both kings before him, really led the people of Judah astray. Josiah's grandfather was Manasseh. And I don't know how else to describe him but to say that he was a terrible king. And we read about him in the previous chapter, Second Chronicles 33. Here's the description of, of Manasseh, verse 2. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord dispossessed before the sons of Israel. And you remember, why did God cause those in Canaan to leave the land? The Bible says that the land spewed them out, vomited them out because of their evil. Manasseh followed their ways. It says he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. He erected altars to the Baals, made Asherim, worshipped the host of heaven and served them. He built altars for foreign gods in the house of the Lord. In verse 6, imagine this, he made his sons pass through the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and he practiced witchcraft, used divination, practiced sorcery, and dealt with mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. That was Grandpa Manasseh, Josiah's grandfather. Later in his years, Manasseh did repent of his sin, thankfully, but his many years of idolatry made a terrible impact on his son Ammon, who was the father of Josiah. Second Chronicles 33, verses 22 and 23 says, He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as Manasseh his father had done. And Ammon sacrificed to all the carved images which his father Manasseh had made, and he served them. Moreover, he did not humble himself before the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. But Ammon multiplied guilt. So those were the kings prior to the time when Josiah became king. It's no wonder the nation was in rough shape spiritually. They were on a huge, long-term spiritual decline. 
And one of the ways that that was manifested in what had happened to the temple. The, the temple had been severely neglected. And so when Josiah became king, he realized there, there, he needed to do something about that. So he hired carpenters and builders and masons to repair that temple that had been gone into disrepair. Now, while they were getting ready to build the temple, there was something really quite amazing that happened, if you think of it. In verse 14 of our text, it says, When they were bringing out the money which had been brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest, now get this, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. Hilkiah responded and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law of the Lord in the house of the Lord. Now, think of that. Does that seem a bit strange? That the book of the law of the Lord had been lost in the house? And when they were going to repair the house, they say, Huh, what's this? Oh, it's the law of Moses. It's the word of God. Wonder where that's been all these years, huh? Can you imagine that, that the Word of God was lost within the temple? That says something about the nation, doesn't it? When the most important book in all the world, which should have been the central focus of the ministry in that temple, was lost. And when they were repairing the temple, oh, they found it. Here's... Here's the Word of God. Is it possible that the same thing can happen today? Can the Word of God be lost right within the church? Now, I've been to many churches in my life, and I've seen a Bible, I think, in just about every one of them. A lot of them have it right on the altar table like, like we do here. But there are some churches today that have essentially lost the Word of God. The Bible might be there on a table, but it's basically being ignored. As if it was lost. As if they no longer used it. In some churches today, you don't hear sermons from the Bible. You might hear a text of Scripture read and someone said it's like, it's like the, the, the national anthem at a ball game. Gets everything started but you never hear from it again. In some churches, they don't even read a text of Scripture because they don't plan on speaking on the Word anyhow. Bible studies, a thing of the past. Word of God, no longer the basis of their theology. There is an alarming ignorance of the Word of God in our country today. Remember what Amos said in his prophecy, Amos eight eleven, about his day, there is a famine for hearing the words of the Lord. Instead of looking to God for His direction, people look to self-help gurus. They turn to psychology and mysticism. Eastern religion is advancing at an alarming rate in our country today. But what we really need is to rediscover what God has to say. And the only place you'll find what God has to say is in His Word. And that's what needs to happen in all of our lives. Our commitment to God's Word must be more than just a memory from the past. 
There are some people who can say, yeah, you know, when I was a youth or when I was younger, man, we really had loved the Lord, really. Well, what about today? Huh? Do you need to rediscover the Bible? Get back into the Word of God? That's what needed to happen in this day. And God used a young man, 16-year-old man, King Josiah, to turn the nation around. So God transforms those who rediscover His Word. The second lesson we learn here, God transforms those who are broken by His Word. When Hilkiah the priest found the lost book of the law in the temple, he gave it to the secretary, Shaphan. Shaphan, how do you pronounce it? Verse 18 says that he read it before the king. So here they find the book and they bring it to the king and they start reading the law of Moses to this King Josiah. Verse 19 says, When the king heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. And then the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me. And for those who are left in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book which has been found, for great is the wrath of the Lord which is poured out on us, because our fathers have not observed the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in the book. So Josiah is hearing the word of God. He's saying, here's the commands of God. Here's what we're doing as a nation. They don't measure up. There's something wrong here. Desperately wrong. And he knew that God's anger was aroused because they had not obeyed his word. And Josiah was greatly concerned. The Word of God had pierced his heart. The Word of God had brought genuine sorrow over his sin and over the sin of the nation. He was broken by the Word of God. Do you think this is needed in our day today, to be broken by the Word of God? Wouldn't it be wonderful if God would do that in our land today? Wouldn't it be wonderful if God's Word would lead us as a nation to genuine repentance of sin? Do we need that? Do we need revival in our land today? We desperately need it. We've been on a slide just like Judah was. We need to turn back to God. The Bible says that God will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. Whatever a nation sows, that nation will also reap. God is no respecter of persons, right? It's time for revival in our land today. Now, having heard the request of the king... The high priest Hilkiah and the secretary and a few others went to the prophetess Huldah to inquire of the Lord. And verse 23 says, She said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am bringing evil on this place and on its inhabitants, even on all, even all the curses written in the book which they have read in the presence of the king. Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and it shall not be quenched. 
But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, thus shall, shall you say to him, Thus says the Lord God of Israel regarding the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God. When you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and because you humbled yourself before me, tore your clothes and wept before me, I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace, so your eyes will not see all the evil which I will bring on this place on and on its inhabitants. And they brought back word to the king. So what happened? His heart was humbled. His heart had been broken. He cried out to God, and God gave mercy to him. Judgment was averted for a time, because here was a man whose heart had been broken by the sin of his people. Edwin Rushworth had been a skeptic all of his life, but he resolved to read for an hour a day the book that he had so long derided, the Bible. Now what happens to a man when you start reading the Bible an hour a day? You start reading the Word of God an hour a day. You think something's going to happen? You think something's going to change? You think God is going to begin speaking? Absolutely, He did. So He said, after His first perusal of the Bible, He said to His wife, If this book is right, we are all wrong. He began reading some more. And then He said to His wife again, If this book is right... We are all lost, he said. But he kept reading. An hour a day. An hour a day. And the Word of God was beginning to work in his heart and his life. And finally he said, if this book is right, we can be saved. <laughs> and God saved that man. Skeptic. But he decided, maybe I should actually read what I say I don't believe. huh? And I'll tell you what, the Word of God... He began to convict that man of sin, show him his need for a Savior, and he embraced Jesus, and his life was changed. That's what the Word of God does. That's what it did to Josiah. He knew they were wrong. He knew they were lost. But his heart had been broken. And as he cried out in mercy, he knew that God would be gracious. So has your heart been broken over your sin? Has the Word of God revealed your need for a Savior? We've been talking about law and gospel on Wednesday night. That's what the law does, right? The law kills. The law shows us how desperately we need a Savior. And that's what was happening in the nation there. As the Word of God was doing its work. So God transforms those who are broken by His Word. Then the third thing we notice is that God transforms those who respond to His Word. After hearing what God's Word had to say, Josiah knew here was something he needed to share with the people. He needed to bring the message to the nation. And so he gathered them all together. 
that great a king? <laughs> Gathering the nation together? Why not the priest? Why not the prophet? What's going on with them? Here was the king gathering the nation to hear the word of God. Verse 29, Then the king sent and gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the Levites, and all the people from the greatest to the least. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. So he said, you've got to hear this. And he gathered them all. And Josiah had that word read. He didn't want anyone to miss the message that he had heard. And so all the people, from the greatest to the least, heard the word of God. Interesting to notice what happened. Verse 31, Then the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart, with all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant written in this book. Moreover, he made all who were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand with him so the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Josiah removed all the abominations from all the lands belonging to the sons of Israel and made all who were present in Israel to serve the Lord their God. And then we find this statement throughout his lifetime. They did not turn from following the Lord God of their fathers. Think of that. After 50 plus years of spiritual decline under ungodly kings, God took this young man, Josiah, changed his life, and God used that changed life to bring change to the entire nation. And during his lifetime, they did not turn from following the Lord God of their fathers. What was the key? It's God's Word. That was the answer. Oh, that's too simple. No, it's not. It's the power of the Word of God that not only changes individuals, but changes societies. It changes cultures. It changes nations. And that's why we've got a responsibility, don't we, like King Josiah? A nation that needs to hear the Word of God. Friends, neighbors that need to hear the Word of God. The life-changing power of the Word of God. Peter Dyson, in his book, The Priority of Knowing God, tells about a young man by the name of Ramad, a man from India who was a member of a gang of robbers. On one occasion, he was robbing this house and he saw this little black book. And he picked it up and saw that it was written in his language and the pages were nice and thin. Could use them for rolling little cigarettes for him to smoke. And so he took the book and stuck it in his pocket. And when he got home, he got his tobacco out and pulled out a page and rolled up a cigarette and started smoking. But lo and behold, he started reading those pages. Well, you know what he was reading. 
he was reading the Word of God. And before he would uh, roll up a cigarette, he'd read a page. And God did something in his heart in such a marvelous way. He was gloriously saved. He turned himself in for all the crimes he had committed. He was sent to jail. And in jail, he led all kinds of men to Jesus. How did that happen? It's the Word of God. It is powerful. It is life-giving. It is life-changing. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible gives many descriptions of the power of God's Word. It transforms lives and it changes nations. In many ways, Ramad was very different than Josiah. But in one important way, they were the same. It was the Word of God that transformed their lives. In many ways, we are all different, but we have one need. One need that's the same. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. And God's Word is what works in us to show us our need. To point us to Jesus. And the Gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Do you need that change in your life today? Sixteen years old, Josiah started seeking the Lord. And God did a wonderful work in his life. Maybe it's time for you to start seeking the Lord. To say, Lord, I'm lost. I need a Savior. Save me. And then get into the Word of God and let that Word just transform you. Make you more like Jesus. God is in the transformation business still today. And He invites you to come that you might become a new creature in Jesus. Old things passing away and all things becoming new. And then that process of sanctification that takes place in your life as you spend time in the Word and God changes you in heart and life and makes you more like Jesus. Let's pray. Oh Lord, do that work. Do that work in our lives today. As you did in the life of that young man, Josiah. The Lord, change us through and through. Make us more like Jesus. Enable us, O oh God, to, to be those who would share that word with others too. That their lives may be changed. That the very culture would be changed. That our nation would be drawn. Back to you as we rediscover, Lord, the truth of your word. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.